We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Shout out to YouTube. We're on the video. This is the 100th episode of the Corner Podcast. I feel like there should be pyro, even though it's outlawed from the WWE now. We need something special. Andres Hale is here looking enthused in the camera. I am here, Kel Dansby. Plenty for us to talk about today. We got to start off with all the crazy 100 episodes that we've had. We got to reflect a little bit before we get into this week's combat sports stuff. And before we even get into that, shout out to all my fam in Puerto Rico. Just gave me the heads up like 15 minutes ago that everyone is good there. They got like a, a minute of Wi-Fi. 
and they came through and they put up the message on Facebook. So shout out to everyone else who has family in Puerto Rico. Hopefully everyone is good there. The hell with hurricanes and natural disasters and earthquakes and shit. I'm over it. It's time to get into some fun stuff. This show in combat sports. 100 episodes. Are you not hype yeah. about this? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have known if you didn't tell me. I, everything's a blur. Life is a blur. So, yay, uh, 100 episodes. 100 episodes. We've been doing episodes before you had Gray and the goatee. That's true, man. These grays, it's wild, man. It was just like two months, and I just got gray hairs. It's crazy. That's where it just kind of happens that quick. Because you stress me out. <laughs> your hot takes, you stress me out. The hot takes are still fuego. They're never going away. They're getting better by the day, I think. Listen, when was the last time we had a goddamn Mikel moment? I'm on like an every two-month basis now. I feel like one is coming, you keep talking. Maybe. I've been more Kelstradamus than goddamn Mikel lately. I mean, no, look, you get like a couple right, and you're not Kelstradamus. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, the, the hubris is in full effect. 2017 is a good year for me. I'm engaged now. Look at the craziness that happens in 100 shows. I didn't have a girlfriend. The, when we started this podcast 100 shows ago, I didn't know my girlfriend. Now I'm engaged. That's the span of this 100 shows. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we've been here for a while. Man. She came so. in at episode four. She was like, you're going to insert coins. What are you doing downtown? <laughs> I'd be like, yo, I record a podcast. And then that's the first time. She listened to episode four. We've had Mayweather versus McGregor. We've had Mayweather versus Pacquiao. Just yeah. That's pretty much what bookends the show, right? Because we did it two weeks before Mayweather versus Pacquiao. Well, yeah, we did it like right after it was announced, right? Like yeah. not too long after it was announced. Not too yeah. long after. It was right. Our first episode was a preview for WrestleMania that year. Wow. And Holy then shit. now we're here and we see Mayweather versus McGregor, which is you guys dig in a crate. You will hear me say there's a very good possibility that we see this fight. And Andreas Hale, tell me I'm crazy. This is how the show has went. We've seen craziness the entire time. What is your favorite moment of the Corner Podcast so far? I don't have one. I mean, no, no, no. I do have one. The Virgil episode. The <laughs> Virgil is <laughs> Having Virgil and, uh, yeah, fuck money. Yeah, that was probably my favorite moment. I feel like that's our Slim Shady LP. Like, that's our My Name Is. Like, we might not get bigger than that. We'll do yeah, some cool shit around good. the way, but that's always our my name is. Uh, my favorite moment is when you had to say I was right. I finally what? got you to say I was right. Mayweather McGregor. It just happened. You had to <laughs> 100 say, episodes of that's right. your favorite. That's it. There were so yeah. many goddamn kill moments just building. The plot was building to that one moment when you had to say I was right. So it trumped that. Oh, you got it. A near second is um, when we put together all the ciphers and everything, which is still super dope to me. So that was very cool. Favorite moment so far. Let's see. Favorite fight we've covered in this span. It, it's from 20, where, 2017? Yeah, 2015. 2015. April 2015. Oh, man. Um. Favorite fight that I've covered. And we've seen some some crazy. We've seen Connor. Four yeah, times. the rise of Connor. The the rise of Connor was through this podcast. Um, maybe that UFC one. What the hell was it? Was that one ninety four? What what was it? Uh, one ninety four uh, was December. That was the trio. 
189 Connor, Chad, and Robbie almost killing Rory. In terms of, like, quality of fights in one night, I think that might have been my favorite. And, I mean, granted, I mean, Canelo, what we just saw this weekend, which we'll talk about, was a great card. Uh, Well, a great fight, but it was only one fight. Um, You know, Mayweather-McGregor was a big event. Mayweather-Pacquiao was a big event. But they weren't, I mean, there wasn't so many oh shit moments as 189. 189, I mean, the entrances, like, yeah. And it's crazy because, like, UFC's having a terrible year, but... If you if in the past two years, if you have to ask me, the most memorable card it had to be one eighty nine. That was a wild night. Even with the Aldo back out. Yeah, I mean it was huge because I mean everything prior to the McGregor Mendez fight was on fire. Like that arena was rocking that night. The Irish were in the building. Um, I mean the Jeremy Stevens knockout. Yeah, like everything was was a tremendous knockout. That was a good night of fights. That was, that a, was a good night of fights. Um, man, it's hard to go against Connor, right? Connor's the biggest thing in combat sports. I, yeah. I would say 194 tops it. Just you say the night they knocked him out? Yeah. Just being Fair. around all the Irish and Connor landing the punch in 13 seconds and no one knowing what happened, and then you realize it, and you're just like, yo, this is the greatest shit ever. Like, he yeah, can that do whatever a- he wants. And it was close. I almost picked Connor losing to Nate. Because on that same night, you had Home losing in the fifth to yeah. Tate. So it was two huge upsets that night. And we did a, I think that's our first emergency podcast. If not second after Connor knocked me out out. Dog, everything's a blur. So I'm going to rely on you for this. Yeah, yeah, I think our second emergency podcast, because Connor knocking out Aldo was the first. We did it from the press room at the MGM. And. It was like a round table. Ryan was there. Right. Everyone, everyone was there to talk about it. And then we did another one when Connor lost. So those two fights, I mean, it's McGregor's world. We're living in it. My, th- my top three is probably all McGregor-related, <laughs> like, including a boxing big, match. Like, it's a big deal, man. The guy's a big deal. That's crazy. So huge moments, huge fights we've covered. We got to throw in our Mystic Mac hat. What do you think? We have another 100 episodes. It's two-year span. What's the biggest fight we'll see in the next two years? Now, if I would have told you, if I would have asked this question, our first podcast, and I would have said Mayweather-McGregor, you would have laughed at me to no end. Yeah, of course but I crazy would. shit happens. Two years. What's the biggest fight, match? It could be wrestling, boxing, MMA, Man. whatever it is. Biggest fight that we see. I'll start off. I'll tell you mine. Yeah, you go ahead. Ronda Rousey. Headlines WrestleMania against Charlotte. Not on the card. They are the final match at a WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think that's good. If it's happen, not but... this WrestleMania, it is the next. And they and they set it up at this one, maybe with a horsewoman match, and then Rousey Charlotte full go headlines WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't think that would be the biggest though, because I mean it's two big, women, but two women headlining Mania. I just don't think. I don't think it'll happen because I don't think Ronda's going to come that far along to be headlining at WrestleMania. I mean, crazy things have happened, obviously, but um, biggest fight, man. It'll have to be maybe Connor fighting for the middleweight title against GSP in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be Conor McGregor related, and it'll happen within the next year. I mean, Canelo Triple G two and probably three will will probably be very big deals, but uh. 
I think anything Connor does right now is gold. So I, I can't see anything else topping that. Um, maybe Joshua Wilder will be a big deal by that time. Oh, you think it um, happens within two years? Once again, the time frame is two years. Two years. That's yeah, what yeah, makes two it years tricky. that'll happen. Yeah, as long as they both, you know, as long as they both stay undefeated and uh, keep going the way that they've been going, and with the huge void left with Floyd being gone and now Andre Ward's out the sport, which we'll talk about. Um, heavyweight boxing could be on a big comeback, and if both of these guys do what they need to do, it could be could be a very big fight. Um, I don't know if anything tops what Conor can do, though. No, I mean people are gonna kill me for not saying Thurman versus Spence, and that's it's gonna be a, a great not fight. A it's not gonna fight. be a big yeah. fight. That no, that's the, that's the difference of that. But I think, and before we switch over, and we're gonna talk about Andre Ward's retirement and get into the stuff happening now. We have a rundown. I left stuff off of this rundown on purpose so you wouldn't see it beforehand so I can get, like, real honest answers. Conor McGregor, two years. Does he have a UFC title? Two years. Our two-inches episode, is he a champion? He hasn't defended not one yet. No. (laughs) Either, and, and my reason why is he might be out of the sport in two years. He might cash out and be out of this sport in two years. Um, and I think, I mean, MMA is too unpredictable, man. I, I can't see him holding a title. Technically, he has two belts. Technically. Technically, yes, but he has defended zero belts. And I think that somebody's going to catch him. Um, could be Justin Gagey. Could be him trying somebody. Like him, he might vacate the lightweight belt to go for a middleweight belt and lose. So I don't think he'll have a title. I don't think titles are going to mean even even did less. Middleweight? Did we skip welterweight? I didn't even catch this shit. Yeah, that's why I said I'm saying something <laughs> skip, crazy skip right now. Yeah, I'm jumping past welterweight, and I'm saying Conor McGregor tries something completely unfathomable because that's what I said, and I, didn't, and I noticed you didn't catch it. But I'm saying something ridiculous. He might try something ridiculous. He's crazy. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> He could go for welterweight, but if GSP is the middleweight champion, I can't see Conor McGregor not fighting GSP for the middleweight title. I can't see that being the biggest fight out there for Conor. But that would mean he has to vacate a title. That would mean that he risks losing. And in two years, 24 months from now, yeah, I could see Conor not having a title. I could see titles meaning even less in the UFC than they do right now. And Conor is just a money man. Oh, God. Interims everywhere. All right, yeah. so you already answered if Connor would still be fighting, so we're throwing that out of the window. Best welterweight in two years, our 200th episode. Welterweight? Boxing. Not Excuse me, not MMA. Oh, boxing. boxing? Errol Spence Jr. That's, that's like, easy. You're, still, you're sticking with Errol Spence. Yeah, nobody's beating Errol Spence. If he not stays Terrence there, Crawford, which is the case. Because Terrence will be up at welterweight by then. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so, but I still think I think in this the strange universe of, of boxing, the way things go, Terrence Crawford fighting Errol Spence, although it'll be a great fight, I think he might be biting off more than he can chew against Errol Spence in terms of size, not skill. I think size would be a difference maker in that fight. I I think Terrence Crawford. I don't think the two fight within two years. You might be right about that. And I think Terrence Crawford is considered the best welterweight in two years. And leading into a showdown between two guys. Here, here's the reason why I don't think Terrence Crawford, if he doesn't fight Errol Spence, the reason why he won't be, because he's with top rank. And that means oh, he can't fight Not Keith enough Thurman. competition. Yeah, that's the only detriment. I mean, there's, to me, there's more of a chance of Terrence Crawford possibly fighting Vasil Lomachenko than there is him bumping up to welterweight. If Lomachenko gets past Rigondeaux, which we'll also talk about, 
a Lomachenko Crawford fight, that's actually a really big fight. Very big. I'm, I'm shit. I'm looking forward to that. That might be <laughs> one of my favorite fights if it happens. But that could keep Crawford from going to 147. I just don't know if Lomachenko can jump all the way up to 140. Makes that's sense. what I'm curious about. Our 200th fight or 200th podcast should fall right before WrestleMania in two years. Oh boy. WrestleMania main event. For our two, two years? Two years. Our two hundredth podcast. We're assuming Vince is still alive because he's drinking unicorn blood. Yeah, he's doing wild shit. Yeah. Um. Hmm. That's two years from now. Two years. And I'm gonna say Lesnar is no longer in the WWE in two years. I don't, he won't I don't think he'll be there in two years. But I do think Kevin Owens might be the top guy. Um, mm, I don't know, man. I, like Kevin Owens. See, I don't think Nakamura is going to be a top guy. I think we're in this weird space right now. Where, like AJ's older too. Two years is a lot of years on AJ. Let me think about this. You're Give gonna, me your choice. All right, I'm going with, and it's going to be so unpopular. And this shit's out of left field, but I think it's going to happen. I think we get Roman Reigns because it's still Roman Reigns. I think we get Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. I think Daniel Bryan comes back within the next two years. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I don't think I that's going to happen. I think Daniel Bryan gets cleared, says, I'm going to the Indies or I'm wrestling here in the WWE caves. And I, and I think he headlines WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. And Roman is finally, finally, finally the heel he's supposed to be. Now, whether the Shield is back and he's the top guy... I don't know, but I think Roman Reigns enters that with the belt, and I think we get Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. Christ, I don't see that happening. But I can see you thinking. Two years, a long time. Yeah, two years, like a long time. Daniel Bryan's been popping shit today on Twitter. Maybe that's why it's in my mind. Talking about which indie guys he's gonna wrestle when he comes back. He had an open Q and A, and he's openly answering these questions like it's only a matter of time before he wrestles. And all the questions are driven towards the indies, like he's gonna go. He's not getting out of that WWE contract. I think they'll yeah, treat then, it like it's frozen and not like being a GM, you know, suffices and taking time off his contract. So I think he's stuck, but I think he gets cleared and they let him wrestle. I don't think they're going to clear him. He's got too many me- medical issues. Um, but, yeah, I just think it might be, maybe it's Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. I just think the path that Kevin Owens is on right now is undeniable. And if he continue, if he stays healthy, um, the guy is he's, he's great on the mic. He's great in the ring. I think he'll be a top guy. Strowman um, has I, to be up there. I gave Strowman some thought. I don't know if Strowman would be the top. Like th- my problem with Strowman is this. We'll talk about this as well. Losing to Lesnar hurts him a lot. If that happens, losing at any point is going to hurt him as far as a big attraction is concerned. He's lost my, already, though. But it's different. In two years. He'll have to lose many times. He won't be on this run in two years. He won't be on a Lesnar run in two years. Oh, and, I was about to say, unless he's booked like Lesnar when Lesnar leaves. And I don't think that'll happen. I think the bigger issue here is Vince, like the way they've booked monsters in the past, is all monsters fall hard. And Strowman, hopefully it doesn't happen because he's become a great character. But I don't think they're looking at the long game with Braun Strowman. I, don't, I think they're looking at it, you know, a year. But once he loses and loses a couple of times, it's more or less over for Braun Strowman. So I don't think he'll be up there. But I think guys like Kevin Owens, I mean, maybe Shinsuke Nakamura. Maybe they retool Finn Balor. Balor versus heel Reigns would be dope. 
I, I want to see Heel Balor in two years. I'm not sure if we get it, if Trips isn't at the top. I mean, um, you know, we don't know where Bobby Roode will be in two years. It's weird. He hasn't even been on SmackDown for the past couple of weeks. Um, yeah, that's weird. But, you know, maybe Roode could be a top heel. Um, he's got all the, the, you know, all the he has all the traits. Um, we don't know where Seth Rollins will be. Two years is a long time. We don't even know who they'll sign. Yeah, um, I mean, Alistair Black, I, I just saw NXT yesterday. That guy looks like a star. In two years, he could be everything Bray Wyatt should have been. Yeah, but he might end up like Bray Wyatt. He so could, I mean, it could go either way. That's your problem. Vince uh, might not even be alive in two years, my man. I don't, I don't know. Shit can hit I mean, the fan. John Cena could be back at the top again, you know, for a farewell match. How in two old years. would Cena be? Okay, I was gonna say a farewell match. Yeah, a farewell match in two years against somebody that's up and coming that he can put over. That could happen. Um, there's a number of things, man. But I'm talking about this too much. It's too much stuff. <laughs> there's always a lot of thought. That's it for the hypotheticals. Um, we'll see when we get to episode 200. We'll revisit, see if we were right, we were wrong. And, you know, might be another Kelsey moment. I- I'd like to bank on it so I sound smart. If Daniel Bryan's wrestling at that time, this is going to sound great. So okay. you just got to throw your hook out there sometimes. Um, well, one person we know won't be, or I think won't be around at this point, is Andre Ward. Announced his retirement today. Dope video package. Great career. Olympian. Has all the accolades it takes to be a top boxer of all time. Has none of the buzz. And today was great. I don't know if I'll care tomorrow. Like I've seen him gone for a long time already. I'm not sure what impact he has going forward. What's his legacy now that he's announced he's leaving? A guy who got out before it was too late. Um, if nothing else, Andre Ward will always have... He'll have probably one of the most controversial... Because uh, it won't be Joe Calzaghe. Joe Calzaghe retired undefeated, and people just kind of forgot about him. But Ward has beaten the best of the best. He's never turned down a fight. He's fought. I mean, he won the Super Six. He beat Chad Dawson when Chad Dawson was a pound for pound guy. Um, he took on the challenge of Sergey Kovalev when nobody thought he would at light heavyweight and beat him twice and stopped him in his final fight. You know, his his biggest uh, question about his legacy is his mainstream appeal. And you know, a lot of people call it self sabotage. He was a guy who. Uh, injuries and his legal situation with Dan Goose and took away his prime years, which is crazy when you think about it because he's only 33. But it took away his prime years against elite competition. And that hurt him. Um, but I don't know if Andre Ward had ever been a superstar. He was never a guy who compromised his beliefs. He never was a guy who, did, who thought about creating a character to become a mainstream superstar. He did things his way. I mean, the, the Goose in legal battle outside of his injuries was him doing things his way. He could have fought while he was in that legal feud with Dan Goosen. And he could have made some money, but he, he just wouldn't compromise. Um, he was uncompromised, he was unflinching, and he was a guy who the skills paid the bills. And for hardcore guys like us, he'll be one of those guys that will talk about, we talk about Floyd Mayweather, or we talk about whoever's the best, and somebody will throw Andre Ward's name out there, and newer people will be like, who? Yeah. That's the kind of guy that Andre, like, they'll look at it like, he was good, but was he that good? And the answer is yes, he was that good. He's going to be like, who? Sweet Pete? I feel like in every discussion... No, he's better I, than Sweet Pete. But I mean, Sweet Pete, no one throws Sweet Pete. Yeah, I mean, okay, he didn't lose. Sweet Pete was dope, though. Sweet, like, like, Pernell Whitaker was great, but he lost to Tito Trinidad, right? Like, he lost down the stretch of his career. Andre yeah. Ward got out of the game before it was too late and beat a guy who was recognized by many as number two pound for pound twice, and he stopped him at Those a higher years hurt. Those four years hurt though, because you look, he could have he could have probably had a triple G fight before his body was too big 
They wouldn't have cut. that fight. I wish they would have had that fight. They wouldn't have that fight because Triple G didn't have the buzz. There yeah, was yeah, so yeah. much politics around that fight that that fight wouldn't have happened. You just fight I him early and give him loss. Um, he could have. I mean, man, there was some names. You you look at Hopkins. Ward he Hopkins would have been a good fight. When it happened, they both said they wouldn't fight each other. They always said that. that was never anything new. Ward and Hopkins said they would never fight each other. A lot of stuff happened. Like a lot of people. And when it comes down to it, and you just got to fight. It's not like they train together all the time. Like Not Ward. Look at what he did. Look at that's, what, that's what I'm saying. He was headstrong, and it yes. cost him. But the fights were out there. After the Super 6, it could have went a lot different for him. There was guys who could have moved up. I mean, he missed out on, on a couple of, of really good fights. He could have yeah. fought guys who were lighter than him and just met him in the middle, like we're seeing now. With the Canelos versus the Triple G, you, you could have fought a guy who, fought, who fights at 154, at 160. Or one, you know, one sixty two, one sixty three. He could have done it's, that. This is and not Andre. It. This is not who Andre Ward is, and that's that's the problem. It's it's the problem, but it's also our misunderstanding of Andre Ward. Andre Ward was never here for our entertainment. Andre Ward was here <laughs> to win fights, make money, and leave with his wits still intact. Is he did entertainment all of part of making money. I don't know not, how he could make it mutually exclusive. He did. I mean, he didn't. He never compromises his religious beliefs. He always spoke about God being the son of God. Um, he didn't compromise his character, and he made a lot of money. Like the thing is, yeah, we're gonna argue that he could have made more money, but the fact that he walked away, I think he made seven million in his last fight. A lot of us wish we could make seven million, and he won, and now he's gonna retire. Um, and but to you know, be his number body- one pound for pound in the sport, and you walk away with seven million on your last cash out, it's like. When a well, guy who was O and O and just ran his mouth made a hundred, it's not who Andre Ward is, man. And that, that's always going to be the problem of boxing or MMA. Because even Demetrius Johnson ain't making Conor McGregor money, but he should. Yeah, but he's like, small. At least he has an excuse that he's small. But I mean, look, Andre Ward is not a heavyweight. Andre Ward was a super middleweight fighting. He fought all the best super widow middleweights. None of them were American known, really. Even like Andre Durrell wasn't like a big name. These are all foreign fighters that other people would have never fought. Even Sergey Kovalev was never a draw. He was no. just on the top of the pound for pound list. So he really didn't have that many fights out there that was going to make him a lot of money. So you look at what he did and what he accomplished and what he walked away with and the money that he has in his bank account and the fact that he remains undefeated. Yeah, we can argue that he could have been a bigger mainstream star, but he would have compromised his own beliefs, and he didn't do that. So I feel like a lot of us have misunderstood Andre Ward more than Andre Ward self-sabotaged his career, some may say. He did what he wanted to do. He did it his way, and he remained undefeated. I mean, look, I just wrote a story for y'all who will probably be up by the time this podcast is out. He's the only fighter who retired not only undefeated, but he never had a split decision. A judge has never seen it in the uh, in his opponent's uh, favor. Never happened. Knockout yeah, and his decision. Not even Floyd Mayweather can, can claim that. And even though the the Kovalev decision was controversial, the fact remains. Yeah, I still have him losing that first fight. The second one, is, no question. Yeah, I had to, I, you know, I had to draw the first time. But the fact remains that there has never been a judge that sought against Andre Ward. That's crazy. It's crazy. He's a legend. He's his first ballot Hall of Famer. Where he falls on the pound for pound list. What was the Kovalev fight? He took all three cards on the Kovalev fight. One, 114, 113, all three cards with the knockdown. It's incredible. It's, it's a remarkable feat, man. And, and again, top, when it comes down to the greatest of all time, the, there's going to be these arguments. He'll never be number one. 
you know, he never was popular enough to be number one in that mainstream argument. But he belongs somewhere, and I just don't know exactly where. Because um, Kovalev's career, we don't know how it's going to fizzle out. Uh, you know, he, he could come back stronger than ever. He may not. I think he's broken, in my opinion. Um, you think, and I'll compare, you know, apples to apples and oranges to oranges. Um, you think when it's said and done, give it five years, people rank him above Roy Jones? Yes. He retired undefeated. I think a majority of people are going to put Roy Jones still ahead of him in their all-time rankings. Just because they saw the greatest of Roy Jones fighting people who were way less than Ward's opponents. Roy Jones never fought a Kovalev. Well, Roy Jones fought John Ruiz and won the heavyweight title. So okay, that's up there. I mean, he climbed the ladder. It's a heavyweight. Like, I mean, he did something nobody else ever did. My he's not the was, top heavyweight. Like, Kovalev well, he was, was the top. Yeah, Kovalev was a top light heavyweight. light heavyweight. Roy Jones fought a heavyweight. Like, Roy Jones didn't fight a cruiserweight. Roy Jones fought a heavyweight. Look, the thing about Roy Jones, like, he didn't get out of the game soon enough. He's the opposite of Andre Ward. Roy <laughs> Jones did everything his way. Then he lost to Tarver by moving, like, I mean, if you ask anybody, you can tell. It was moving up and down those weight classes, plus age, that kind of wore him down. But he just didn't know when to quit. He still doesn't know when to quit. And I think... I think hardcores will rank Ward ahead of Jones because of the overall portfolio. But the mainstream, and that's my trouble with Andre Ward, the mainstream will rank Roy ahead because of what they saw and not give Ward the credit that he deserves. Dude, Roy Jones, I mean, I'm sorry, not Roy Jones, Floyd Mayweather and Andre Ward are almost carbon copies of each other when you look at their, their fighting styles. Yeah. They're not visually pleasing. They beat everybody they face. Um, it's just they're two different characters, and Floyd Mayweather's character gives him the, the edge on on uh, Andre Ward. It gives him almost an eight hundred million dollar edge. Yeah, it, it's it's finances, man. It's, it's bananas. What are you willing to put on the line? And Andre Ward was not willing to put his integrity on the line for anybody and anyone. It's crazy, and you know that'll be part of his legacy, and I'm sure a part he's very proud of, regardless yeah, of what anyone else has to say. He's like, yo, I could have sold my soul and been the angry black man. He played it in a movie, <laughs> right? He was the angry black man. He's the asshole black man in the movie. I'd watch that guy fight. Andre Ward, not so much. He could have done that. He didn't. He, he took whatever he had coming to him. And listen, it's a lot of money. I might not see $7 million in my lifetime. So what the hell am I supposed to say? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, he did what he had to do. He got out. He has a secondary career already. He's going to be around the boxing game for the next 40 years. Yeah. So... I mean, what am I supposed to tell the guy? Um, moving on from that, uh, who is the new pound for pound? Because he was number one. Well, at, I at mean, can we, can we talk about Triple G, Co Co uh, and Canelo before uh, we'll we get there? Because the they're, they're not going to be number one, thanks to the circumstances. Are you sure about that? Right now, neither of them are number one. Who's Okay, let's get into it then. Who's the number one pound for pound fighter in the world? Lomachenko's number one. He doesn't have a, the resume of Canelo. He doesn't have the resume of Triple G. He doesn't have the resume of Terrence Crawford. I can't put him number one. I have to wait for the Rigondeaux fight. He, okay, that's fair. But I test, he's not the number one? No. I mean, the I, look, look. I test Errol Spence is also number one. Damn, Errol Spence is up there. But they and, both and he, have... And he had the tough test. Kel Brook, I thought, was right for the picking. Kel Brook, was, I thought, was... was yeah, like, you know, he... He caught Kell Brook on his Michael Bisping impersonation, where it was like, yo, who's the first one to catch him? And I it's, think, you know, a lot, there's probably four guys who watched him. I think Sean Porter messed up by not trying to get that fight. 
because Sean would have washed in a rematch. He got that belt back, but yeah, that is what it is. It was a race to see who can beat him because he was done. And so I, I think Spence needs that big test going yeah. forward too. But Lomo just watching him, it's just it's a different world. It is, but you don't like the resume is important at this point. I can't put Lomachenko above Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford has a resume. He's the unified champion. So what's different on Triple G's resume? I mean, he's got Canelo now. He's got. You know, he Canelo. has a draw against Canelo, which we'll talk about. Yeah, he has a draw, which a lot of people thought he won. But he has the draw. And he was number two on a lot of people's lists. He was already ahead of Lomachenko. I can't just say because Lomachenko, he had a draw with Canelo that Lomachenko leapfrogs him. They haven't had the same level of competition. Lomachenko has had, Lomachenko has a loss on his record. He did. And, got floored early. I mean, granted, he would wash Toledo now, but he has a loss on his record. All these things, until Lomachenko fights rigging down, depending on how that fight turns out, I can't put Lomachenko at number one. So it's either between Terrence Crawford or Triple G for me right now. And you're going with who? <laughs> As a it man who tough, votes man. for the rankings, don't you have to put them in order when you vote for well, these things? Yeah, for Ring Magazine, that's the debate I'm having right now. Uh, we're having a conversation about who's number one. And, you know, guy, a lot of guys, I won't say their names because people will hate them on Twitter. We'll say that Terrence Crawford is easily number one. Um, and But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Triple G right now. Right now, I'll go with Triple G because of the fact that I thought he beat Canelo. Um, but it, the crazy thing is Canelo just jumped high on the list because he, he did put in a he, – he was much better than I thought he was going to be. Um, but he's a pound-for-pound pound guy. Crawford hasn't really fought another pound-for-pound pound guy. His best opponent was Gamboa, who ended up being washed, and Victor Postal. Um, and Triple G fighting Danny Jacobs and Canelo trumps that. So right now, as of today, with Ward leaving, it has to be Triple G on my list. So, all right, straight into the Triple G fight. Then, yep. But you have a score. You said you had him winning. I had him winning. I had eight rounds to four. Me too, 116-112. That's like what everybody had. Everybody that I've talked to. And I can see 115-113. I'll give I you that. I too. I don't like, see 114-114. This is a fight that uh-huh. I'm not mad at the draw. I'm not mad at it at all. Um, I can see there were a couple swing rounds, and depending on your vantage, your, your viewpoint, I could see how you could possibly have Canelo winning those rounds. My problem is this, and it's what I said for weeks leading up to this fight, for months, Canelo can't deal with that pressure. The problem was Canelo managed to get out of the way. Like, he had great upper body movement, he had great footwork, he was faster, um, all things that I expected. I just didn't expect him to have the chin that he had. Canelo took some shots from well, Triple G. Yeah, neither of them should have had that chin. Triple G well, was taking shots flush. Like, he knew Triple G had the chin. No, that was just, kind of chin. Like, that's, those are look, the shots that turn Amir Khan's soul inside out. Yeah, and Triple yeah, G they, ate it and walked forward. Well, I think I said it on the podcast last week. Triple G got hit by Danny Jacobs. You can't tell me that Canelo's a bigger punisher than Danny Jacobs. You can't. So him taking those punches weren't that surprising to me. It's the visual that shocked a lot of people. There was the one that left cross that caught Triple G flush, and it was like, I'm just going to walk right through that. He ate it and looked back like a zombie, like it was the walking dead. The only thing that favors Canelo's age at this point. That's it. That is it. We've seen Triple G. Like, we missed his prime years where this fight should happen. Which is my problem with what happened in that fight. So the ref, or excuse me, the judge, 
I don't even care about her name. I knew it earlier. Adelaide Bird. Adelaide Bird. Listen, we ain't going to hear her name for another three years if shit goes right. She cost Canelo an honest chance at avenging a loss against Triple G. Because now we're going to get an immediate rematch, and Triple G is going to beat him legitimately, and people are going to say he lost twice. Yeah. When he should have just lost this fight, because it was a loss, they split, they fight, they don't lose again for two years, come back, and then Canelo gets him, and it's 1-1. A legit, honest 1-1. Now it's going to look like it's 2-0. It's going to be 1-0-1, and and that draw is going to be, but everyone's going to be like, no, Triple G really beat him twice. Why do I watch the third one? Well, see, that's my problem. Again, if Adelaide Bird scored this fight any other way, we wouldn't be talking about this. It'd still be a draw. If she scored a 115 and 113 Canelo, which is not bizarre, would have been a draw. If she scored a 114, 114, would have been a majority draw. Like, Adelaide Bird would have had to see the fight in a completely different way in order for Triple G to win. There was no way Adelaide Bird was going to score this fight any other way than Canelo winning. Even the swing rounds, it's, it's crazy. Like, a 10 2 scorecard? 10 2? Look, a lot of people <laughs> was like, Yo, Triple G was slow. Yeah, we knew these things. But he put all the pressure on Canelo. And all Canelo did for much of the fight, which I said he was going to do, and I was worried he was going to do, was put his back up against the ropes and do nothing. There were rounds where he just sat there and looked completely gassed, where I thought Triple G was going to finish him. Somehow he got a second burst. He was much better than I thought he was. But he didn't win that fight. And anybody who thinks he won that fight, I'm thinking you're crazy. Because I just don't see how, not only are you fighting off your back foot the entire fight, you know, people are like, well, Floyd Mayweather does the same thing. <laughs> no, Floyd Mayweather scores, and he never looks gas. Yeah. Triple G was all over Canelo for 12 rounds. There was definitely Canelo. rounds in the middle where Canelo was gassed. Yeah, he was yeah. cooked. I mean, he was absolutely cooked. He caught a second win. Much power to him. I don't know what Chepo or anybody said in this corner. But I don't have him taking the last three rounds straight, though. And that's what made I, the difference on the other two cards. Yeah, I had, a, I had Triple G winning uh, one of the last three rounds, and I can't remember which one. Yeah, I feel uh, like I had the same. I don't know if it was 12. It might have been 12. Um, but I had him winning one of the three rounds. And I think that might have been, you know, the difference in a lot of cards. But even looking at that, it, it was so simple for Canelo. It was, you're quicker than Triple G. When you don't put your back against the ropes and stand toe-to-toe in the middle of the ring, you counter everything. When you're just too lazy and tired to do so, you're just up against the ropes. And he had decent lateral movement then, but the lateral movement took away so much energy, he couldn't throw hands. And then we I see mean, the compu box where Triple G is just outlanding him crazy in some rounds. It's because Canelo's movement took away all energy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, the, there's people, there are people all the time when they say Triple G can't box, which is absolutely fucking ridiculous. The thing that Triple G does so well is aggression and calculation. And one uh, underrated part of his game is that jab. And that jab was phenomenal in this fight. Not to mention, like, we talk about, yo, if Canelo's in the middle of the ring, he couldn't. Triple G put so much pressure on him that Canelo, all he could do was move. Like, to stand in the pocket and trade, he, like, he might have got fucked up. Like, let's yeah. just be real here. Like, it, to stand in the middle and trade for 12 rounds, like, he had to get away. And, yeah, he was the faster fighter, but how long can you take those shots from Triple G? Can you do it for 12 rounds? The question becomes, though, is this was Triple G's worst fight cutting off the ring. So why? It was. This is the worst he's ever cut off the ring. So he's allowing 
Canelo to escape every time. But Canelo, instead of escaping and turning, because all you think you have to do, escape, turn, onto the guy's back, grab him, the ref splits you, and you're automatically in the middle of the ring now, and this guy has to come forward. Instead of doing so, he just circled back to the ropes the entire time. It was yeah, such an easy adjustment to get it back Canelo to the does. center of the ring. It's, it's what I say. Canelo does what like, people were like, well, how does Canelo win? I was like, Canelo has to do all the things that he doesn't do. He fights with his back on the ropes. He's a counterpuncher. He's a Mexican counterpuncher. There's very few of them. Marquez is one of them. But Canelo loves to put his back up against the ropes, loves to find that counter uppercut, which he had a hard time finding all night, but he eventually caught him with one. Did he landed nothing. a couple, yeah. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, Triple G missed a ton of right hands, yeah. and that was because of Canelo's movement. Canelo had great upper body movement. There were things that Canelo did that were great, but it's really hard when you got a guy that's, that just doesn't go away because no matter what Canelo hit Triple G with, he kept coming. It was like some Michael Myers shit. Jason, Freddie, like he just kept coming, and it's people's like that's not boxing. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. He's he, he's putting the onus on you to get him off of you. Like, how do I get this man off of me? I don't know how it happens in the rematch. And does it happen in May? Is the question. Do they do this in single de Mayo, or do they say do they extend these these contract talks? And then because Triple G's not going to wait, he'll go beat up Billy Joe Saunders and collect another yeah. belt. No, he wants to stay active. His clock so, is ticking. Canelo's is it? That's the problem, man. It's like Canelo's age is a big deal. And it's like that age difference, I didn't think it'd be that big of a deal. But when you see somebody like there's two things that happened in the fight. Canelo was clearly the faster fighter early. Then he started to slow down as the rounds went on and he started to become even money in those middle rounds. And that's when T- Triple G took advantage. I figured that Canelo would be off to a fast start. But when Triple G turns 36 and Canelo's still 27, like those those months add a lot. To more to Triple G than they do to Canelo. Canelo's just hitting his prime. So it makes it a much more interesting fight. Um, I don't necessarily know if the outcome changes because that means Canelo has to change how he fights. No, I think G's it's the same, the same type fight. of fight. I mean, it's yeah. what we saw with Klitschko versus Anthony Joshua, right? Like the young fighter has some good legs early. Once he gasses, the older fighter, it doesn't matter how old, much older, he's going to whoop your ass because he has the experience and he knows what to do. Difference yeah. is, is that Klitschko... Gas at the end was taken out of there. Triple G went and, you know, still took some rounds. Because Triple G's yeah. not that old. Yeah, but, and the rematch, the, the, I think there's going to be one major adjustment by Triple G in the rematch, and that'll be go to the body more. I think that'll be a huge adjustment in the rematch. He went to the body, but he didn't commit to the body like he should have. Because I don't think he thought Canelo would move as much as he did. Yeah, I was about to say, rope. Canelo moved along the ropes, not allowing it as much as he, yeah. you know, thought. And then, once again, you commit down to the body, get countered. It's a whole different but world. I think I think knowing, like, Triple G has felt Canelo's power. Canelo's felt Triple G's power. Canelo can say, oh, he doesn't hit that hard. That's fine. But we clearly know that Triple G, you're not going to hurt him. Yeah. So the rematch happens, and I think Triple G commits to the body and tries to wear him down and, and do what he does and try to take advantage of those of those tiring rounds and does a better job of cutting off the ring. Um but I think it's a hell of a fight. It's just a matter of if Golden Boy is going to grant him the immediate rematch. You it's know, hard it's to a- go anywhere else for Canelo. You can rest yeah, Canelo yeah. for a year. It's hard to go anywhere else for him because people feel like he lost. Yeah, I, like I don't even know who we would fight. Like, what do you do? Fight Danny Jacobs and lose? Like, no. like who do you fight? You can't. I mean, you're not going to fight a Charlo. I was about to say you can fight a Charlo. The one fifty four. Nah, that's too Charlo. risky. That's too risky, man. And even Demetrius Bubu Andrade. Who, I mean. You're not going to fight him, so who can you fight at 160? Maybe, maybe you you put Triple G on ice and chase after the, the Billy Joe Saunders fight first. 
to try to get that other belt? Maybe. But even that is a risk. And I don't think any. there's nothing you want of risk. I think you just want to fight. Yeah. And I think if you're – Canelo wants this fight. And I've always said this about Canelo. Canelo's not the coward in this thing. Oscar De La Hoya is a coward risking his cash cow. So an immediate rematch of Cinco de Mayo is a big money fight. It's just a matter of do you run the risk? Because if Triple G beats Canelo, your cash cow is gone. Because yeah. then people say he lost both fights. Yeah, the only fight – I don't know. The only fight that you can possibly – Stagnate that with is another Kodo fight. Yeah, that's out there. I mean, I that, see, that's I it. No one wants to see it, but if you have to have him fight on Signal Mayo, you have to have him fight Kodo. And then Triple G, go get the other belt from Saunders and come back. But let's just run it back. I didn't want to run it back. I wanted to see two more years of them just fighting whoever. But now that this happened. Triple G be out the game probably in two years. 38. Probably be gone. Hey, by the 200th podcast, chalk it up is another prediction. Possible. I mean, we could have a, this could be a trilogy. We, we don't know. We, we'll see how this whole thing plays out. Right. Even if Triple G wins, if he wins the decision, you'll probably get a third fight out of this. Yeah, because Canelo, and it's going to be a lot of money. That's yeah. what it is. They, they made a nice amount of money off of this. So keep running it back as long as you can. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We are talking UFC next. Not too much to talk about, but we'll touch here and there. And then come back with our WWE preview of a pay-per-view this weekend. Feels like we haven't had a pay-per-view in a while. So this is how it's supposed to feel. So we'll come back, preview the pay-per-view. So you guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. Listen up. Because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people... Now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. It won't take you more than five minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that, and you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Yeah, man. I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we're going to give you the deals and information the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right. If you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card. Right? You know, like, do it for free. Do it for the gifts. If there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please, do us this solid and go to thecornersurvey.com. Once again, that's thecornersurvey.com. Do that. Keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like, and then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out. I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. We're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. All right, we are back. We had UFC Pittsburgh this past weekend. Uh, it was a light card, light, but it was, it was kind of fun. It wasn't bad. I caught you know the highlights of the early fights, watched the main event in full after we were done at the Canelo fight. Uh, Rockhold beats Branch. And, you know, for the first round, it was up in the air. I thought, you know, Rockhold might be taking a step back, but he showed the same old cool hand Luke, as they would say, you know, got him out of there. 
and went on a Luke Rockhold-esque rant. The, the ultimate D-bag rant <laughs> at the end. Um, what do you think of the performance? And does Rockhold deserve a title shot? Yes, he deserves a title shot. Here's, here's the thing. Luke Rockhold put him in a weird position. To fight David Branch was a no-win situation. If he won, who cares? David Branch comes from World Series of Fighting. He didn't have a great first fight in the UFC. He's a nobody to a lot of people. If he loses, that's the end of Luke Rockhold's career. Very tough position to put yourself in. But he went in there. He won the fight. Oh, he's the best <coughs> middleweight out there. I mean, I mean, who else is there really? I mean, Bisping, yeah. Romero, if he catches him in a bad position. I think Luke Rockhold's too talented to get caught by your Romero. And I mean, Robert Ritiker. That's the only other guy. Like, at this point, I feel like, and it, it, it muddles things up even more. If Bisping's fighting GSP, Rockhold should fight Robert Whitaker for the, for the interim title. Yeah. Okay. And put himself in position to fight the winner of GSP and Bisping. You think if GSP wins that title, he fights Whitaker or... No, that's a whole other question entirely. Okay. Like, <laughs> that's what I was saying, because he's just dropping that belt and bouncing. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what GSP's plans are, but I think for Rockhold's sanity, because I think he's losing his mind sitting on the sidelines and watching Bisping with his title... It's his best bet to fight Robert Whitaker. Um, whatever happens with Bisping and GSP, I don't see either of them fighting until next summer after this, which is crazy long. But UFC International Fight Week, they're going to have to spruce it back up. GSP or Bisping, one of those guys is either fighting in May or July. So for Rockhold with Whitaker on the shelf, Whitaker's on the men, he should be back early next year. It'd be smart for Rockhold to fight Whitaker for the true middleweight supremacy and then fight whoever they believe the paper champ is. And if it's Rockhold in, in Bisping, makes a lot of sense because Bisping knocked out Rockhold. If it's if it's Rockhold and GSP, whatever. I mean, I think Rockhold watches Bisping. I mean, uh, GSP. If it's Robert Whitaker, then he could be the true champ. These Those two are the only guys who fought top five pound-for-pound guys in the middleweight division. I mean, <laughs> yeah, top five middleweights. Yeah, which is Bisping ridiculous. fought and beat Rockhold, but nobody else outside of that. Um, I'll tell you, if GSP wins... Against Bisping, which I think he will. Uh, just that's my complete lack of respect for Bisping's game at this point. I think GSP goes on and he surveys the landscape, and I think he lets Woodley get healthy again. Tells Woodley, "Yo, go have surgery, and me and you will fight next May, next July." And I think he takes the two belts. And Connor set the standard of what becomes of you when you go after two titles simultaneously. Is that you give up one? And usually you give up now. The way to go is to give up the one you currently hold. And GSP will say, yeah. In order for me to become a dual champion simultaneously for one night, I got to give up the middleweight one? Cool. I want to defend that shit no ways. So I think you have Rocco, Whitaker. They'll fight around May. And then you put you know GSP versus Woodley. A healthy Woodley after a shoulder surgery because he needs it. You tell him, okay, we'll come back in July. It's the money fight you've been wanting. Champion versus champion. We put that in July. GSP, if he gets knocked out, he retires. If he wins against Woodley and he makes it ugly, um, then, and which we've seen before, because if people remember, you know, Rory McDonald did the same and made it ugly. And you can survive that with that style. Rory's right there for GSP to pick his brain. And I'm sure GSP helped him with that. So, People say Woodley's so dangerous, and Woodley has gotten better. So I'm not saying he hasn't. But GSP has to feel comfortable in that fight. Off of just history's sake. 
So you say, okay, me and Woodley are going to go next summer, and I'll drop this middleweight title. Dana made me drop it. That's going to be the line. They, you know, I'm, I'm a two-division champ. Where's my second belt? And he comes and wears two belts, and then Dana takes the other one away and says, well, the middleweight champion is now a full-fledged middleweight champion and pulls out Jose Aldo. I mean, I, I can see that happening. Um, so you don't got to defend can... belts anymore. Connor showed yeah. that shit. That's what I think. Like, these things are, are going to be completely pointless. Like, even Bisping, if he beats GSP, who's to say that Bisping just doesn't retire? I think he does because like, there's no like more money fights. Now he looks at Rock Holmes like, fuck you, I already beat you, I'm out. Like, that's very possible that Bisping yeah. could do this. GSP wins. I, I, I just, a part of me says that I don't really think GSP wants to fight Woodley. I, I think he's really hoping that somebody else becomes champ that he can beat. Like, <laughs> I. I don't know if he wants that smoke. That's a different level of smoke. But because I, I, I feel he's confident because they've beaten Woodley before as a gym. Yeah, but Rory, Rory's like a completely different fighter than GSP. Is he? Yeah, like like GSP is a lay and pray, take you down. Like Rory's long and rangy. Like he fights a completely different style than GSP. GSP mm-hmm. is a guy who's got to shoot for the takedown. He's not going to beat you in the striking department. It's not going to happen. He's going to stand there and look at Woodley too long and get busted over the head with the right hand. That's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> Well, Shoot for a takedown. I mean, I mean he freeze Woodley because Woodley freezes, right? If you yeah. do enough movement, you can freeze Woodley, make it ugly, land one takedown, and win the round. Can't you land that takedown? Like, I mean, That's let's just question. be real. Woodley's got exceptional takedown that defense. That's the question. There's a lot of things going like, and, and Woodley's a master game planner, which is what he's become in the past few years. He's a master game planner now, and fighting GSP, who really like, if he doesn't have the advantage in wrestling, what does he have? There, therein lies your problem. Like he's not gonna, is he gonna stand there and How trade? How the hell are you him? a kickboxer? And then now people are just like, oh, the only thing he has is wrestling. I mean, look at that GSP. was his bread and butter. When he looks a lot stronger. GSP. I mean, he's always been hyped as like this. Kickboxer. No, he hasn't. He's, he's been hyped as a wrestler. wrestler. He always wrestler. He's always wrestles, and that's his lay and pray. But, but people he's, talk about his kickboxing. He trains this shit all the time. Every little stupid video is him kicking these pads and being sponsored by these pads. And Oh, look at his kickboxing. And he's teaching Rory so much as a kickboxer. Look at that stance. They don't do commercials for wrestlers. You don't, you don't <laughs> ever see a commercial with a guy's tackling a, a punching bag. You have to hit the bag. So, but, my, but look, GSP, got, he was getting jabbed to death by Jake Shields. Like He got almost his head kicked off by Carlos Condit. He almost he got... Almost got finished by Johnny Hendricks. He's he had to, with Hendricks, though. Yeah, but look what damn near happened. Yeah, he damn struggled. near killed him. True. And like, like even the, the 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 Diaz fight. You look at the Nick Diaz fight. Like he had to ground him, right? But Nick Diaz doesn't have great takedown defense. Woodley has all the things that 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 GSP does not want to see in a fight. He's got a hard right hand. I'll take him over Rockhold. Yeah, because Rockhold's a little bit more. I mean, Rockhold's a monster too. He's yeah, a big he's middleweight. He's a big dude with the same with the same unique set of skills. Yeah, I mean, look, look, we'll see what happens. We're a whole year out. We still got Bisping, GSP, but I, I really don't think GSP wants to fight with. No. And I think Bisping, if he wins, I think you're right. I think he retires. He dropped that little nugget on uh, Ariel's podcast this past week. He was like, yeah. "Oh, you know, I'm looking at retirement." I think he does, and I, you know, if anything, the guy's been honest, right? And I think he he's yeah. honest. With Dana White. So everyone wondered, like, yo, Bisping is just coming back. Like, he just won the belt. He defended it, what, last October? Yeah. So it's not even a year. year. And then it's like, why are you giving an interim title shot in July? Like, why? It's because he's saying, if I win against GSP, I'm out. 
So have someone else with a belt so we don't got to have this tournament style shit. Like, I'll just say, yo, Whitaker's the main champion. You already got to answer him. Because if I win, I'm cashing out. I'm not getting knocked out by anyone else. I'm not going from making all these pay-per-view points and money and maybe cashing out around three, four mil to coming down and get my head kicked off for about 800K. Yeah, I think he's pretty much done. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. If he loses, then maybe he has another fight. Maybe. Maybe. But if he wins, I think he's out. Easily. Yeah. Um... So that's that's that fight. What else did we have on there? Uriah Hall's comeback is at least mentioned worthy. I thought he yeah, died in the was, first round. <laughs> yeah, he came back, knocked out Jacko. But this is, this is the frustrating career of Uriah Hall. This is the, this was it personified. He's never reached All his potential. No, that, that that's that ship is sailed. Like <laughs> he'll be fun to watch fight. Um, he'll put himself in these ridiculous positions where he should be beating people he's more talented than, and then he has to like pull some shit, a rabbit out of his ass to win a fight. That's who Uriah Hall is. Great comeback. Phenomenal knockout, but who cares in the grand scheme of things? He's not competing for a middleweight title. Uh, Mike Perry, someone who could rise up the boards at uh, welterweight. He wants Robbie. I don't know about that yet, but he deserves a top eight guy in my opinion. You agree? Of course. Yeah, yeah. He, he should be facing a top guy at welterweight because, uh, I mean, the, the guy's, he's a knockout artist. He flatlines people. So put him in there. You know, he's more exciting. Like, either he's going to get knocked out or knock someone out. Fans love I'm, those fights. There's a certain welterweight who's, talk, who's looking for a fight right now by the name of Carlos Condit. I ain't mad at a Mike Park, Perry Carlos Condit fight headlining any, any major card. I don't care. It could be a coming event. That's violence. That's all oh, that's going to happen straight there's up. There's so much now. blood I'm just seeing right now. <laughs> just, I don't know whose blood it is, but somebody's blood is everywhere. Right that's now, a, somebody mind. that Carlos is somebody that Carlos Condit doesn't have to worry about taking him down like Damian Meyer that he's know he's going to trade with. He's going to get a, a great fight. And he's going to figure out in that particular moment, do I really want to keep doing this shit yeah. against Mike Perry? So put him in there. Carlos Condit's looking for a fight. Put him in there with Mike Perry. Ooh, let's make that in Vegas, that December thirty first card. I'm with it. Um, moving on, let's see UFC Japan this weekend. I don't really care. Yeah, yeah, we can move on. Yeah, this is the case of too many cards. Um, the last thing to talk about UFC comes from Ariel's podcast again. Edmund was on there talking about Ronda Rousey. And he said he wants his girl Ronda, a.k.a. Mrs. Head Movement, to have one more fight. And that's against Cyborg. This is the dumbest shit that Evan said. Like, yo. <laughs> this, this could Cyborg, be Cyborg said, yo, let's take the WWE ring. I can't even do this to her. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's so many things wrong with this. First of all, is Ronda going to move up to Featherweight? Yeah, Cyborg's That's the first question. Down. Exactly. The second thing, like, have you consulted with Ronda about getting her life ended? Like, Edmund, like, she just got married. You must be pissed off. Were you at the wedding? Like, are you tight because <laughs> Ronda didn't invite you? Like, you just want to get her massacred? Look, Ronda is now in, like, if Amanda Nunez destroyed Ronda Rousey, what do you think Cyborg is going to do? If, I think Cyborg is just going to leave her face on the side of Matt. But I think he looks at it and they have hubris, which is why she stands up and tries trading with people in the first place. But if they could somewhat cover up her face like she used to do, put your head in someone's chest and flip them, I think he's thinking this is our only way back to a title shot. Who cares? An, an immediate title shot to say, we are we are Rocky, right? That's all you can left for Rousey is to be Rocky. What everyone thinks you're done, you come and you take on the biggest badass foreigner 
and a fight no one thinks you can win. You win the belt. You say, I'm the champion. I told you I was going to beat her for a decade. Boom. You throw that shit on the ground. I'll go to make babies. Peace out. And you leave. Yeah, it's just it's a level it, of violence. It's not going to happen that way. <laughs> it's, a, it's a level of risk that's unnecessary. Like, Ronda Rousey's happily married. She's made a lot of money. Um, she lost her last two fights by knockout. You have a WWE future right now. And fighting Cyborg at any point, like that whole WrestleMania card that you were talking about, they go up in smoke if Ronda got murdered by Cyborg. Cyborg would be the one headlining WrestleMania if that were to happen. Cyborg would be like, down. <laughs> yeah. Cyborg versus Be- Becky Lynch. I- I don't know what Edmund is thinking by saying this. Like, I, I get it. Like, you like you want to get Ronda hyped up. Like he said, like she needs to be motivated. Well, she's not motivated by fighting right now. It's evident. This is not what she does anymore. Want me to tell you what he's thinking? He thinks he wants to get paid. Yeah. He doesn't get paid for WWE matches. She's training with uh, what's his face, right? The Captain Hook dude. <laughs> but I mean, um, like you know, she, she I, I is. Like, I get it. Edmund gets no money. He has one cash cow. How is he paying his rent? Like, really? Like, he wants her to fight one more time? Because the biggest fight for her is against Chris Cyborg. And it still sells. Regardless of what just happened to her, it still sells. It's over a million yeah. pay-per-view buys. They cash out. He cashes out. You keep the train rolling. Because without that, there, there is no WWE Money for Edmund. She ain't boxing in there. She ain't training right now. She's not paying. She's not paying fees. He's not on a payroll. He's hurting. It's good for everybody but Ronda Rousey. It is. It's good for us. So it's good for anyone in the sport to just see her just get her face plastered on the ground. It's it's a dumb fight, but I can see why why Edmund would say it. But he just must not like Ronda Rousey anymore. Like <laughs> Travis I'm Brown. Sure he likes money up. a lot more. <laughs> Travis should go beat up Edmund for making this suggestion. Because, you, you, I mean, you're really putting Ronda out there in a p- position where she doesn't really want to be put out there. Like, she, I don't think she's in here trying to clamor for any MMA fight. I'm quite sure she called Edmund and was like, the fuck are you doing after that <laughs> podcast? Like, what are you doing? Like, my name has been fresh off of people's mind. Nobody's thinking about me coming back. And here you go running your she's mouth. Like, Yo, just fight. last week in Vegas, I was in the headlines for, you know, wrestling. Yeah. And I was just, like, I'm building this hype train. What the hell are you doing trying to have me fight this woman? Cut it out. Like, don't get that woman killed. Like, you know, like, there's a lot of people that have said a lot of big mean things about Ronda. Ronda's done great things for this sport. She doesn't need to do anything else. She's she's done everything that she needed to do. It's time to go. Say bye-bye. Edmund, go find another person to yeah. cash out on. Don't need to go out like Liddell or BJ Penn or something. Like, does. Yeah. It's, it's not how it ends up anymore. Get out while the getting's good. Um, we're going to get out right now. Take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking WWE. Previewing this weekend's pay-per-view card, which is No Mercy. Talk a little bit about NXT. And is our Don't Hinder Gender movement all but done. So, you guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. Alright, everybody. Before we continue to talk more combat sports, we've got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the great north. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk-free. 
Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping, and Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you aren't satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100-day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like, 100 days of sleeping, by, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards your Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep and these things are for real. Make it happen. But now it's time to get back to talking combat sports. So stay with us. Talking, it looks like him versus Velveteen Dream might be the program. <laughs> Just ridiculous, but okay. Um, who else do we have? Leo Rush is coming. We know that, and the women's title picture, which is up in the air. NXT thumbs up, thumbs down. You gotta have faith in them now, right? After pulling the rabbit out of the hat for the last takeover, we just have to have faith that they're going to do the right thing. I mean, thumbs in the middle. I think that. We've come to expect good things from NXT, and I feel like uh, what they're going to do with the Undisputed Era with Adam Cole, uh, Bobby Fish, and uh, Kyle O'Reilly is going to be it's going to give them a much needed injection. It's going to give them a legit heel stable, something that they haven't really had, and they couldn't really do with Sanity. Sanity wasn't really getting over his heels, but those three legit. And I think Drew, uh, see McIntyre, McIntyre, Galloway. Yeah, that's I, was, <laughs> I get used to calling him Galloway from the indie scene, but I think he's really just a stepping stone for Adam Cole and, and uh, the Undisputed Era to take all the titles. What's that going to happen to Cassius Ono? I don't know. Just somewhere but, fat? Okay. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I think this is a good reboot for NXT. Um, I figure that we're going to end up somewhere with Aleister Black getting feuding with the Undisputed Era in some way, shape, or fashion. Um, but it, it's all good. I think everything. I think we might have a lot more direction than we've had in the last six months. With everything except for the women's division. I think the women's division is in flux right now. Um Whoever wins, I just think that the Oscar's shadow is going to be looming so large over that division. Which is uh, so crazy because you see the likes of Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha, people we thought were, no, they were the the revolution. And then yeah. they left and you're like, okay, Oscar's shadow is the one that looms. Well, because she didn't pass the torch. And it's what I've said from the beginning. Like when you don't pass the torch, you leave a big shadow over the rest of the division. Because whoever wins, you're just like, she's not Oscar. <laughs> like uh, Bailey passes it to Oscar, Sasha passes it to Bailey. Like Charlotte passes it to Sasha. Was that the way it went? No, Charlotte passed it to Sasha. Yeah, yeah. And then so, Sasha to Bailey. Yeah, and then so Bailey to Oscar, and Oscar to nobody. So it's like no. Oscar basically she ran to the race, crossed the finish line, didn't hand off the baton. She ran the rest of the race by herself. So it's like, well, who's next? So that's the only division that's in flux. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Um, I have a lot more faith in NXT than I do the main roster right now, which I've said since the beginning of this show, um, like episode one. But I, I like where it's going. I feel I just feel like there's more direction because like those last six months, like NXT was great pay-per-view, but it was like, dude, where, where are we going with any of this? NXT so far has shown one pattern. They're always as good as their top guy. Their top guy dictates everything. And Bobby Roode just wasn't it. No. And I, like I said, I love Bobby Roode, but he yeah. didn't have the work rate. He just wasn't a guy that put on great, great matches. And already like, with Cole, you go, this is the guy. Like, <laughs> like, okay, he can carry the brand 
with this group, with this character, heal Adam Cole, which is what we wanted. Yeah, of course. Heal Adam Cole. This is the guy who can carry. And then now yeah. it's Sire Leaf. The belief is back. Yeah, he's he. I mean, like, it's it's weird because even Adam Cole isn't like the greatest worker, but he's better than Bobby Roode and he's better than a lot of guys. He puts on great matches. He just doesn't put on five star matches. But Adam Cole has a certain level of charisma that even though Bobby Roode has it, Adam Cole kind of oozes it. Like when you look at Adam Cole, if you just if it's, Adam Cole would have walked into a room, you'd look at him and be like, eh. But then he starts wrestling and moving around, and you like you look at him like, man, he's actually really good at what he does. There's yeah. something about Adam Cole. He has a certain intangible that that no glorious ring entrance, no like everything that Dolph Ziggler complains about is who Adam Cole is. Like he he's the opposite of that. Adam Cole doesn't need the glamour and glitz. He just is a great, solid worker with a, a great charisma. And, and a good and catchphrase. Think, yeah. I mean, that Adam Cole baby stuff is, is <laughs> over right. over. Man. And <laughs> the Undisputed Era, you put together a stable of guys who can work because Red Dragon can work. Kyle O'Reilly can work. Like, it'll help NXT uh, a long way for the next year, as long as they stay in NXT. They're definitely going to be there for a year. Like, it's I think time they to should. pump the brakes. Yeah, I think he's on. They're on like the Finn Balor path. There's no re- need to rush them. They don't, they don't have the size to make you know Vince drool over. No, they Adam's be, tiny. Yeah, they can be the you know the crown jewels of NXT for a second. Um, talking about that, moving on to SmackDown, we still haven't seen the Authors of Pain, which I expect to see coming up here soon. Maybe maybe they're saving them to the pay per view to just come and wreck shit. Um, yeah, if we get another Usos versus New Day match which it looks like we're getting. I think there was like we a are. list that leaked. Um, I think the Authors of Pain come out and just wreck both of them. I hope so. And even, like I said, Authors of Pain have never been NXT guys to me. Those guys, I feel like, should have always debuted on the main roster. They're, they, they're not NXT workers, man. They're not indie guys. They're two monsters. that I, I know why they were in NXT, to start working with cameras and everything else. But aside from that, I mean, they, they never built. wrestled before. Those, those yeah. are like, found them off the street like type of guys, like, yeah, they just they're big guys and they're yeah. big guys and they move and they wrestle the perfect main roster style. So I hope we do see them. That's where they belong. Um, then we have gender. Don't hinder gender. The Maharaja is in trouble and Son. in controversy because he cut the mean, mean, xenophobic <laughs> promo. Like it was so anti-Asian, it was crazy. But I mean, Vince was probably loving that shit from afar. So I guess the question is, how do you make gender a heel, right? Because at a certain point, which I've been saying for weeks, it's hard to make heel gender when he's speaking a bunch of things that minorities are like, yeah, I agree with that. So it's like, all right, let's pick on the Asian. And, <laughs> and my problem, like my problem, like if you take away what the whole like Mr. Miyagi and all that stuff, you take away everything that he did that had the crowd saying, "Gone, you guys went too far, basically, the chant. It's been bad. His feud with Nakamura has been bad. Like the showing the faces of Nakamura and like cracking jokes is a tired bit, and it looked really bad on this past SmackDown. Um, and now, and I feel like this has has, has really hindered Gender, and it's not even his <laughs> fault. But you got to take the title off of him at this point because he has he's like has no heat. No, he's he done. No real he has heat for the wrong reasons, and it's not his fault. It's man. cheap it's heat. Like, cheap heat. The writers went too far because I know Gender. Gender is just doing what they tell him to do. Yeah. And it's weird because there's an interview where Gender said he would never compromise his integrity or do anything stereotypical. But then, then you just blast Nakamura for being an Asian. And then Nakamura can't afford to lose. Like, he's in a spot where he has, he has to win. He hasn't been on television. 
really like he's been there but it's like he you know that was very funny gender like that's all he yeah, said he's ominous it's this it's this has been a terribly handled feud since day one and i'll be <sighs> glad when it's over but let's talk about a great feud who lost a ton of momentum owens and, and mcmahon family yo you think it lost a lot you, of momentum i think they purposely yeah they had to like you can't just keep the rise for four weeks I why think. not Cause what the hell is he gonna do? Headbutt chain? Like what? That was like no. the highest of highs, and then you got to kind of like mellow it out and then spike again. No, like you just came off of one of the hottest angles this year. Like this was hotter than AJ and Shane. This is hotter than Undertaker and Shane. Yeah, Kevin Owens and the McMahon family feud is like a real feud. Why are you like as hot? Like, dude, if I headbutted your girl. <laughs> Would you wait a week to get revenge? Like, Shane didn't deliver that scintillating promo where it was, like, by all means necessary. Kevin doing his by satellite was kind of ridiculous. Like, I like they, that they, part. Like, he's trying to stay away. Fake like, sympathetic. There's just, the, like, that, that, that feud just lost steam. Like, Kevin should be going after Stephanie. Like, if you want to be completely honest, you want to oh, make yeah. this. Like, in some way, like, if you want to do this the right way, which they won't do. Kevin should murder Shane at Hell in a Cell, right? And he should draw out Triple H. Ooh. Like, this is, like, you should decimate the McMahon family and draw out Triple H. Like, otherwise, like, this feud Ah. is built to make Kevin Owens a top guy. Like, you don't feud, like like you've always said, you don't feud with the McMahons without an endgame being you becoming a top guy. Nobody ever feuds with the McMahons and just goes back to what they were doing. No. So... (laughs) So if Kevin Owens is going to keep the momentum going, yeah, go after Stephanie. Like, yeah, I mean, talk more shit about Shane and his kids. Like, Shane's promo was like, I'm going to get you. Peace out. It's like, come on, man. Like, I need more fire. Like, you headbutted my dad. And you damn near murdered that scumbag. Well, maybe like, next scumbag. Stephanie gets, like, powerbombed or some shit. And then Shane comes back. And you- but you, you got to, like, you have to do these this momentum now. Like, Kevin can disappear after he does another heinous act. Like, he could do satellite interviews and all that after he does something else mean. But as hot as it was after Vince, like, everybody talked about Vince taking that headbutt. And then this week it was like, okay, kind of feud. But it's the spacing of the pay-per-views. It's, it's their writing. It's their timing. Yeah. Their timing has been bad. Well, so, I mean, they got it, Raw pay-per-view coming up. They kind of just wanted to let Raw rock. It was damn near a bye week for SmackDown. It was. It just, you know, when you come off an angle that's that hot, that much momentum, like, you just have to, you can't just let it simmer. Like, you have to continue to build off it. Just, I mean, that's just my two cents. Yeah, they let it simmer. Um, Charlotte is now the number one contender. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it had to happen. But it's cool that it comes after the announcement of Starcade. Which, I'm not, there should be an influx of the WCW pay-per-views coming back. Quite possibly the, you know, the ECW style stuff too. So, I mean, it's cool I, if she's at Starcade and she wins the belt then with her dad and all that shit. The nostalgia in it. Starcade's dumb. Okay, <laughs> you don't like the influx of the older. If we had no. Halloween Havoc next week, it'd be so dope. No, it wouldn't because it's not Halloween Havoc as we know it. It's not Starcade as we know it. Like first of all, Starcade was the end of the year WCW pay per view. Was always like Ric Flair and like Luger, um, Hogan, Sting. Like this is a house show, right? With no major implications on storylines. Um, and it's done. It's gone now that Dusty Rhodes is gone. Cody Rhodes is gone. 
Um, Goldust is whoever the fuck he is. Dustin. Yeah, it's like there's not going to be a real WCW influence. And because of that, I don't care to see it. Like, if Starcade was a major pay-per-view, like, I, I just feel like leave things in the past. Like, ECW One Night Stand was cool because you had everybody come back. Ain't nobody coming back from WCW. They're all old yeah. and, like, rickety. So to call it a house show Starcade almost undermines what Starcade was, which Starcade was the biggest pay-per-view that WCW had. Set now a house show. It's not cool. Leave it. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Just shit on Starcade. Just that quick. Yeah. Um, oh, man, Andres is alive and well. All right, so we have no Barcy to talk about. It's the last thing before we get out of here. The Raw pay-per-view will run down the card. Um, obviously highlighted by Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman. And something we kind of felt like they were pulling the trigger on too early. Amongst other things. I mean, we have Roman Reigns versus John Cena. There, there's a lot of things going on where it's like, yo, the, the trigger is being pulled really early on these feuds. Hopefully they have... You know, a plan in place going forward. Seven matches, though. Let's run them straight down. The Miz versus Jason Jordan, which we just saw Jason Jordan become a number one contender. Jason Jordan's going to win. Yeah, uh, I feel like we're, we're, we're going so slowly towards the inevitable Jason Jordan heel turn on Kurt Angle. Like, it's almost so predictable that it's, it's almost like, well, maybe you just shouldn't do it. Because Jordan <laughs> has no, no fire as a babyface. Um, nobody necessarily cares, but as a heel, there's a lot of potential there. But it's like it's such an obvious thing. So right now, can he talk? Gotta... Like, I guess as right. a heel, he can be like the clean cut guy that you hate, like just a d bag. There's just more things you can do as a heel than a babyface. And yeah, he should beat the Miz, right? Um, even though the Miz has had a great run, which makes me leads me to believe that maybe he won't beat the Miz because of Curtis Angle, Curtis Axel, and Bo Dallas. Maybe there's a DQ when they do this again at Survivor Series to really build towards the match. Because the match really has no fire in it. Um, and I feel like they need to do something else. So we might get a screwy finish. I think we're going to get a screwy finish where The Miz retains on some kind of DQ. Hmm. Um, next, Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks versus Bailey versus Nia Jax versus Emma. This is a five-way now? What the hell did I miss? Someone got thrown in here. Bailey? Yeah, Bailey got thrown in there on Monday. Yeah, I, I fast-forwarded that segment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who blames me for that, right? Um, I'm going to say Nia Jax wins it. I'll flip a coin. I'll go with Nia. I'm going to say no, and here's why. The injection of Bailey to me, almost cements the fact that Alexa's going to retain. Because why is she in this match? She doesn't really have a legit chance to win. She was in a feud with Alexa Bliss before she got hurt. Nia seems almost too obvious to win. Um, and I don't know. It feels weird because even if Nia does win right now, I guess you go into a few with Sasha Banks. I feel like there's some shaking out in the women's division no, with the like return to Bailey. Nia has to cost Alexa and then Sasha or Bailey win. Sasha wins. And, or Sasha and Bailey start the, the Sasha Banks heel turn and turn on each other. And Nia beats Alexa and they have a program. I, I think those are the two programs. Sasha versus I mean, Bailey, Nia versus Alexa, and you get there however the hell you want. One of them has to have the title. Well, the thing about it is, I feel like Alexa can retain and lose it at the next pay per view to Nia Jax, which would be Survivor Series. And this is just theory because everything you said could possibly happen. But if Alexa retains, loses to Nia at Survivor Series, and I don't think that's the next pay per view, by the way. 
For Raw? I'm pretty sure you have TLC for Raw. End of October, TLC. You sure, is it? Well, yeah. shit. I'm, that's I'm the case. positive. <laughs> well, if that's the case, wherever she drops a title at, Oscar's going to arrive. Oh, right? shit. Oscar is arriving. So if Nia wins the title at the next pay per view, Oscar has to take out Emma first. Maybe that's why Emma's the, in this but, shit. But that's that's my point. Is if Alexa wins now and prolongs the Nia Jax winning the title, right? Because the next pay per view, I figure that Nia will be in a straight up match with Alexa. If if Alexa wins this time, and, and Nia could beat Alexa, the arrival of Oscar would then because if Bailey and Sasha are doing their own thing, yes, Oscar goes and murders Emma. And then Oscar goes and murders whoever else there is and then works away towards Nia. Hopefully they do this right. But with that, I'm just saying, like, I feel like if Nia wins now, I think it's too soon to have another title change. Um, and to start with Alexa Bliss. Like, and Alexa's a good champion, and I feel like she's one of those champions who kind of needs the title. Without the title, she's not the same. But again, it's five weights. It's this weird. Bailey's in this weird, goofy position of being returning. Like their only purpose is the few with Sasha Banks to be, but yeah, what do I know? Who knows? Uh, Neville versus Enzo Amore. Pick an upset. Amore leaves with the title. I hope not. I hope you're wrong. I hope I. I mean, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I was just like, but I just hope Enzo has because... a new shirt debuting this weekend, so why yeah. not? Enzo's he's the lovable loser, and I think it's okay if he loses to Neville. Um, Neville's just a better wrestler. He's a better talent. He's a great heel. Uh, Enzo's really, I think Enzo's brought to 205 Live to bring credibility, but I don't think he needs a title to have credibility, to bring credibility to that show. Because it's not going to have credibility either way. Nobody cares about 205 Live. We but, all like Neville. Yeah, but he can yeah, be doing like, the same shit on the main roster. Like. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm going to pick Neville here. I don't think Enzo beats him. It's probably the smarter pick. Um, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Oh, fuck this match. Uh, this man versus man thing, like no demon. Like, what's the point? Why are we even having a rematch? Yeah. Bray wins? I don't I don't know. Fuck it. 50 50 exactly. game, right? Bray wins. Um Fuck. Ambrose and Rollins versus Cesaro and Sha- and Sheamus. That's, Cesaro and Sheamus, yeah, that's gonna be a good match, I think. It's the bar. I'm going with the bar, man. I, I feel like this is a good feud. I, I feel like Ambrose and Rollins retaining is this it could be smart business, but I think this there's a lengthy feud with those guys. And I think if it's TLC, I think that those guys in a TLC match yeah. could be really good. No, it's quality. It's it's quality matches. That's what counts in this one. It's like, oh, you're gonna yeah. get quality matches. They can they can toss that title back and forth. I don't care. Um I, I kinda wanna see Saw and Seamus win because I don't want to see the feud end. Okay, I'm gonna see the you know, Ambrose and Rollins retain, but I think the feud continues. And I think at TLC, um I, I say they retain only because I think uh Anderson and Gallows come in and interfere, and it's a DQ. And then we get the, the TLC match between all three teams. Oh, what about the Hardys? <laughs> oh, shit, they're there, too. Throw them into it. Right? <laughs> that, that could possibly happen. It's what they do. I feel like we just saw that at Mania. But we'll see it again. Who cares? I'll yeah, watch it again. I'll watch that shit again. Uh, Cena versus Roman Reigns. Cena's gone after this, right? Like, So he's going to yeah. go film movies, all this shit. Roman Reigns is going to win. Yeah. And yeah. cut horrible I, I promos see- again. Again, go forward because he got Look, ripped. I feel like it was so bad to have Roman Reigns pull the pull the the ace out on Raw when Cena wasn't there to say, "Oh, you." Like Cena wasn't even there to defend himself. I would have loved to see Cena defend that he basically was hypocritical by saying that he wasn't going to be the Rock and then he became the Rock. 
I would have loved to see Cena defend himself. So it was like that whole promo on Monday Night fell on deaf ears. But you're right. Cena's a guy who puts people over. Um, but I think there's a, there's a way that this happens that Roman's still a tweener, but he's more heel. Because all he's going to do if he beats Cena is become more of a douchebag. And I think everybody knows that. I mean, he has so, to stomp out Cena after the, after the bell or something. He doesn't even have to. Like, he can beat him and then just cut a promo like he did with Undertaker. It won't be as much heat, but it'll be pretty significant. He's like, see, I told you I was the guy. There'll be so much heat. Yeah, this is my yard bullshit. Ugh. Yeah. I, I don't like it, but I think that's the way they're going to go. His I think wins, the resume of his wins this year would be very impressive if he beat Cena. Yeah, they're all manufactured wins. They're not even wins that I'm like, oh, I give him credit for that. Yeah, I don't. On paper, it'd be one hell of a year. Um, Lesnar versus Strowman. <sighs> this is tough. Yeah, it is. I've been I've been waffling back and forth. Well, uh, I like your theory that it's too early for Strowman to lose. But what does Brock do? Because you would think Brock would be an attraction at a Survivor Series, right? If Brock loses, he's gone until Rumble. Maybe, maybe. If Brock, like uh, I'm feel- going, I'm going with Strowman winning Strowman Reigns program again with the title and in, in, into it. We don't see Brock until Rumble. I feel like, see, this is weird because this is a match that you go, ooh, TLC. They have a TLC match, but ain't nobody climbing that goddamn ladder between the two of them. No, no, you like, just have just the table. Yeah, like I mean, it'd be like it's, it'd be a straight up rematch. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to say Brock loses this match because I, I feel like it's hard for him to like he lost to Goldberg and he got it back, but it's harder to lose the to. To Braun Strowman, but then again, I have this thing about Braun Strowman. Him losing, like, how does he lose? And this is not a, a program that's built for one match. And if if Brock barely wins, how does that look? Right? Does he roll him up? That's not going to happen. No, but Brock so, barely won against Samoa Joe. If you want to see how it looks when Brock barely wins, I, and maybe that's the X factor. Maybe Samoa Joe interferes in this match. I thought Samoa <laughs> Joe was injured. I don't know. I'm almost positive. He has like a knee injury. He's yeah, out but until maybe, Survivor Series. So maybe he just shows up and does something. I don't. I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't really mind a that. tough time. Strowman versus Samoa Joe. Coming. I mean, something's got to get. Yeah, I feel like Brock has a lot of dates left too. Uh, that they're trying to jam in there. I'm gonna say Brock Lesnar retains the title. It's, I don't know how. I really don't know how. I, I don't want to see Braun Strowman lose. But I say Brock retains the title and sets up this this a street fight or something at TLC with Braun. Um, Sooner or later, then he has to drop it because Braun can only lose so much. And maybe he and maybe he drops it, you know, at, at TLC. Um, but I feel like Brock has held the title for a while, and I feel like this is a few that can be legitimized with a rematch, kind of like Canelo and Triple G. Um, and to have Braun take the title without, like, I feel like if Braun wins, there's no reason for a rematch because Lesnar will disappear. If Lesnar wins, there's a reason for a rematch. Yeah. I feel like Lesnar's going to escape with a victory. I don't know how, but I feel like they, they, Lesnar's going to escape and they do it again. In a street fight. All right. Last well, <laughs> you stop waffling, which is good. So we got a, a definitive pick. Those are our picks for this weekend's wrestling. Thank you guys for tuning in to our 100th episode. Here's to another 100 more. Shout out to the Corner Club, everyone who supports. That is our show for this week. Check us out on YouTube and all social media at the Corner LSN. You know, you can find me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. It's going to be a nice, relaxing weekend for us. 
until the madness picks up again, we have UFC coming up and, and some more shit in a couple weeks. So make sure you guys chill out. Keep listening to our stuff. Till next week, we're out. Peace. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.